Hello and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, Cat Swamp Road in Warren County. And hopefully the sound of my voice has everything going well for you. And as you know, we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern and then again on Sunday at 6 p.m. exclusively on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147, the best network, the best channel on Sirius XM. And you could tell him I said that, the guy from Jersey. And if you miss a show, there's no problems, or you want to come back and listen to it again, just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and then click on the FMD radio tab, or go to any of the many major podcast hosting sites, and you will be able to hear that episode. But it is always one week after it airs exclusively on Rural Radio. So I have to get back into the... uh, to click of giving away some license plates and hot rod farmer license plates for the contest, but I'm running low on plates, so I throttled it back, right? I cut back the throttle, and right now I'm only giving away one license plate a week instead of two until I get a shipment, and this way I could spread it out longer. But I invite you to send me an email at hotrodfarmer at farmmachinerydigest.com and tell me where you listen to, or even if it's easier, just go to my website, farmmachinerydigest.com, and then just fill out the form, and you will get into the drawing for a free USA-made hot rod farmer license plate. But I got some pins in my map that I have to announce, and the first pin is from Mr. Mike Cleveland in Payne Springs, Texas. And Mr. Cleveland listens to both the Idle Chatter podcast and the radio show, so I'm very, very grateful for that. And also, he listens to my other podcast, and he thoroughly enjoyed, which I, I'm honored by, my On the Road uh, series, and also my Idle Chatter podcast, where it was an ode to the past, where I talk about, I compare the old days with the new days. So if you're of the same thought process, you may want to check out that Idle Chatter podcast, and ode to the past. And uh then he even actually sent that podcast to all of his family. So thank you so much, Mr. Cleveland, like Cleveland, Ohio. Now, the next person I need to give a shout out to is Mr. Robert Spulak. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. And he was from well, Minnesota, Albuquerque, New Mexico area, now back to Minnesota and is farming in Minnesota. But he had sent me a uh, quick note about a week or two ago show about about the latent money flying out of the farm shop. And I wrote down exactly what he said. And he said about keeping your machinery outside instead of in the shed is a latent loss because that money just flies away. Machinery don't like to be sitting outside all the time. And this is his quote that he says that he has heard many, many times. Because farmers say, well, I can't afford to build a machine shop, a machine, a machinery shed. So he, so Mr. Spulak says, you're going to pay for a machinery shed whether you build one or not. So think about it, right? That machinery sits outside, it degrades. So you're not paying, you don't have the building, but you're paying the same money. And so he gave, was blessed to, or he blessed me with a pin in my map. And then the last pin that I received was from Michigan, a uh, town unknown, and it's Mr. Donald Runkle. So I want to thank you so much, gentlemen, uh, Mr. Cleveland, Mr. Spulak, and Mr. Runkle for giving this guy from Cat Swamp Road a pin in the map. So that is very, 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 I'm very, very happy with that. And I'm looking for my papers here. That's not good when I do it this way. 
Now, today we're going to have a little bit different show because it's going to be a trifecta. I'm going to cover three topics in one episode. And these are topics that have come up I, by, from with many different people over the, the, the course of this show and my Idle Chatter podcast. So I feel that if, if a number of people have these questions, then more people in the audience do. So I don't have the names of the people because it's something over the past year, year and a half that these questions in different formats have come up, but, but, but ultimately they are the same question and same concern or on the same query. So we're going to discuss three things, but it's going to be what a farmer needs to know about this stuff. It's not going to go into big detail. It's going to be the important bullet points for you. And the first one is ammonia slip on a tier four diesel. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about a PID loop, what exactly that is. And then we're going to talk about total harmonic distortion. So that's something that you that we're going to discuss today, but it's going to be right after the break. And never forget, agriculture runs on machinery, but profits on reliability. Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio. It's more than fuel. It's more than truck payment. It's more than maintenance. It's about the business of trucking. We're talking a little bit about stock prices. Then we switch into uh, tech talk. Highway reconstruction, infrastructure. The economy, regulation, business, and more. We tend to switch topics a lot. Road Dog Trucking Radio. Covering the entire trucking industry. Do be advised. Sirius XM Channel 146. The Sirius XM app and connected devices and speakers. How can you maximize yield and profits on your farm? Hi, I'm Darren Hefty. On the Ag PhD Radio Show, we talk about all the ways you can get the most return on investment for the crops on your farm. Our guests are farmers and experts in the industry, and we discuss the latest innovations in fertility, crop production, seed traits, and much more. We also answer your questions live via phone, email, or Twitter. Don't miss the next Ag PhD Radio Show, weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, on Rural Radio Sirius XM Channel 147. Hi, I'm Mike Pearson, host of AOA, heard Monday through Friday right here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Each day, we'll talk to those making the news in markets, ag policy, trade, and rural health care. And you'll hear from the ag and political leaders about the pressing issues of the day and what they might mean for the future of agriculture. So join me here on Rural Radio from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern Time for AOA. RFD-TV is the number one most trusted source for market information by America's farmers and ranchers. Well, the White House has announced additional broadband funding for three states. With long-term weather forecasts. After it'll all be centered around one thing, that's this little wave. And expert analysis of the commodities markets as soon as moves happen. It was above expectations a little bit, but below the numbers that we had last month. Catch Market Day Report and the Rural Evening News weekdays only on RFD-TV and Rural Radio. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. And as I said in the opening segment, we're gonna this is a trifecta. We're gonna discuss three different topics today in this episode, and we're gonna do it to the point where it brings value to you. We're not gonna belabor it. 
Because sometimes I go too deep into things. I know I roll the people's eyes up in their head. All right. So what out the three topics are going to be is total harmonic distortion and why you need to be concerned with it. The second one is what is a PID loop? And the third one is ammonia slip on some tier four engine diesel engine applications. That could be in a a semi a farm piece of farm equipment what have you it's ammonia slip is something as i'll get into in a minute is not measured by every application so you may have a brand that uses it that looks at ammonia slip or you may have an engine combination that does but the important thing that i want to i want to establish early on in the show is that go back 150 years i mean obviously none of us were alive but when or probably less than 150 years when farming transitioned 100 years when farming started to transition from mules and horses to some sort of mechanization be it a steam tractor all right uh a romley oil pole or what have you all right and there's new things needed to be learned because uh, obviously when you were farming with a mule or a horse you had to know about taking care of the animal but now you transitioned into mechanization and then mechanization brought its own problems and headaches with you and its blessings so the same thing is happening now and i think a lot of people are a lot of in the community the agricultural community and not recognizing that as the technology advances and you know i hate to use the word technology but as we start to put more controls and it has more capability let's say that the farm equipment the trucks the semis the, the grain carts the grain dryers everything has more capability that is forcing us to learn some new terms and some new theories just like the farmer when he when when great-grandpa transitioned from a uh, from a mule or a horse to a tractor, he had to learn about carburetors, ignition points, gasoline. All right, all different things that you didn't have to be concerned with with a horse or a mule, and that's what's happening today. And if you're not, and you can't just sit back and say, oh, "I'm not interested in that" or what have you, and then because this it could end up costing you a lot of money, it could cost you downtime, and like I said, it's just a natural transition as as society moves forward we leave one technology behind for another technology so most people today younger people have no idea what a rotary dial telephone looks like or even what it sounds like or how to use it so that is the basis for this and i picked out three topics that i felt that over the past year or so well year and a half of doing this radio show and four years of doing the podcast that they they come up i'm not gonna say repeatedly but they've come up often enough and as i said in the opening segment worded in a different way so i'm paraphrasing them i'm not going to identify anybody who who wrote these questions to me and i'm going to bring it in tighter so that you could understand and bring value to you because it's important for it to bring value to you. you don't have to have a phd in it but you have to understand it and the first one is called ammonia slip and some tier 4 diesel engines have an ammonia slip sensor after the scr catalyst that now just a quick rehash is that if you have a full host of emission controls on a tf4 engine you're going to have an egr which is exhaust gas recirculation which is an in cylinder because the exhaust gas is is 
fed back into the cylinder to clean up an emission called oxides of nitrogen. You have a diesel oxidation catalyst. All right, next after that is the diesel particulate filter and the last stop on the train before the tailpipe puts it, the exhaust out into the atmosphere is the SCR, which is selective catalytic reduction. All right, and that is where the diesel exhaust fluid is injected. And what happens is that is to control oxides of nitrogen. So whatever was not controlled by the EGR is going to be controlled by that. Now, what happens is that the way I like to teach this, make it very simple, is that if you have a combine, let's say you're harvesting corn, right? You have the corn head on and you have everything set up. You set up on the combine. You made all your adjustments. Now you go in the field and you start to harvest, right? Well, the proper procedure, whether you do it or not, or how it was always taught to me, was that you need to go and then you know maybe do a row a half a row whatever 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 uh you want and whatever works best in your operation depending upon how big your fields are and then in theory the corn is supposed to be going into the hopper correct but we all know that if things are not set properly or there's a problem there's going to be some corn going into the hopper and there's going to be some corn going in the ground behind the combine so you need to get out of the machine and you need to to walk behind the combine and walk around and then take either account of how much corn is coming on the ground so you know what whether your adjustments are right so basically in essence and simplistic that is ammonia slip because what will happen is that if things are not right in the in the in the SCR system, we'll discuss what it may be. You're going to have unreacted DEF, which is going to come be read as ammonia, and that is what the sensor is going to tell you. So basically, in essence, it's akin to like the corn being on the ground instead of the hopper. So when we talk, because the the SCR creates a chemical reaction so there is a reaction that takes place so the the diesel exhaust fluid reacts with the um the precious metals the monolith in the scr system so if there's a lot of a, a lot of def or that's just converted to ammonia that's coming out the back that that means that there is a problem and as i said there's not every system uses an ammonia slip sensor, but it's important because for you to recognize, because you could have a trouble code for that, and it could put you in a D rate if you happen to have it. So you need to be familiar with what sensors your system has. But quickly, what is usually the cause of an ammonia slip code, all right, is a dripping doser. Poor DEF quality. It's set out in the sun. There's water mixed in it. It's 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 old. All right. Poor DEF quality. All right. A skewed oxides of nitrogen sensor because it thinks that there's a lot of NOx coming out of the engine, so it's putting a high degree of DEF in there more than it could be processed or reacted to by the SCR. A coated SCR catalyst. That's we're starting to see that that's starting to happen, that the catalyst itself is getting coated. So let's say you're bur- burning oil in the engine. Have another problem. It's running very rich that you have over time, over miles or hours. It could be a semi. All right, you can coat that catalyst and it's not going to react to the DEF. And then the third thing is obviously a skewed ammonia slip sensor. So that's very, very important. So that's what ammonia slip is. It's like the corn on the ground that didn't go into the hopper. So it's the DEF that did not get reacted to. The next thing is very simple. It's called the PID loop. And that stands for, it's a mouthful, proportional integral derivative. 
So that's basically a closed loop system or a feedback system. So if you have a modern engine with an oxygen sensor, or it's monitoring the exhaust content, the amount of oxygen in your content, and it's telling the management system that the engine is rich or lean. If you have a grain bin controller, <clears throat> that's a PID loop. It's saying, okay, there's so much moisture, right or this or there's so much temperature and we're going to adjust it so the important take-home message here is that what a pid loop is is going to send data to some sort of control unit that has the ability to make a decision and then and then modify something so a temp so an idiot light on the dashboard or a temperature gauge is not a pid loop because it has no reactive it doesn't do anything because the temperature is going way up on the engine it doesn't do anything so that's not a pid loop so a pid loop is basically a closed loop system and you could look at it your auto steer in a in in, in a in a way is a pid loop it's supposed to be going straight it's but it's getting it from the satellite it's seeing where it is and it's correcting all right so there has to be a a feedback of information what's going on and then a corrective action by something for it to be a pid loop and this is all independent of you the operator all right so like i said so a thermostat in a in a refrigerator or a freezer is not a pid loop because that's either on or off all right so they get so it gets uh the refrigerator warms up it kick it has a bimetallic spring it kicks the refrigerator on and then it goes and gets to a certain temperature it shuts it off that's not a pid loop a pid loop needs to have some sort of logic and it has an algorithm that it looks at the feedback so what the feedback being what's going on or just like you yelling to somebody hey joey what's going on out there how's how's the core how's the crop look all right that's and he tells you how it looks so and then you respond to that so a pid loop and they're found in so many places today on the farm and it's very important for you to be familiar with that term you don't need to remember proportional integral derivative but it is a closed loop it's a feedback system it, it sees an, it sees something and then evokes a response to what it sees to get it back to what it the set point is so there's always going to be a set point for a pid loop and that's why they call it a loop it's a closed loop system so basically in essence and one other example is is a cruise control system you're on the right you're on the highway you set the cruise control all right you're up and North, south dakota 85 miles an hour we don't have that here in jersey all right so you set it and it sees the it sees the vehicle speed slow down and then it opens the throttle some more you're coasting down a hill a vehicle speed is is accelerating but you're on the set point of 85 miles per hour and then it goes and it and it, it closes the throttle instead of opening it to try to keep it there so that is a pid loop so it's very important to keep in mind that the any pid loop is only going to be as accurate as the sensor is telling it what is happening all right so that's that now the third and last thing is what's called total harmonic distortion and that is in referring referring to ac line voltage alternating current which you find in your house in the farm shop all right maybe going to your grain bin controller irrigation pump there's ac and dc for for all intents purposes but what total harmonic distortion if you were to look at an ac signal it's a sine wave all right so a total harmonic distortion is the deviation from a pure sine wave 
All right. So you may say, well, what is that a pure sine wave? Well, what you what's going to happen, and the take-home message here for you is that the power company, all right, if you run off a backup generator, you may have a standby generator for your dairy barn, your farm, your shop, what have you, your house or a portable generator, all right is that they're gonna, it's going to be sending AC voltage. Is that AC voltage always a pure sine wave? Uh, maybe not. And what the definition of a pure sine wave is steady, a steady continuous wave that is smooth and periodic in its oscillation. So if you had, let's say, like a 2020 seed sense on your plant, it's going to say smooth ride, right? Rough ride if the planter is jumping up and down. Well, a pure sine wave is very smooth, smooth ride. So what is that what does that mean to you? Well, the more controls we put on the farm, the more advanced you have a dairy barn with robotic milkers. You have a, you have a misting system for the cows. You have you, you have a uh, a high tech welder in your farm shop. All right, you have computer systems. You, uh, you have anything today has. Oh, I shouldn't say anything. So many things. You have an advanced. You have a geothermal system. You have an advanced uh, heating and cooling system in in a building. Right? It, they they're very very. They do not tolerate a lot of distortion. What THD means is that the amount of distortion, the amount of error all right, for deviation from being a pure sine wave. So you could think of it as like static, all right? Static on a, on a radio, static on a TV, all right? It doesn't make noise, but ultimately what happens is that if you if you feed a lot of delicate electronics, and there's a lot of electronics that even if you have a, a high-end refrigerator, all right, or a chiller for your for your milk or or your computers in your farm, all right, that they are very intolerant of this static, which we call deviation, and it's read in a percentage, all right, of the oscillation, how much of an error. So uh, in theory, most delicate electronics, it could be the router for your internet system, wants a maximum of 5% THD, total harmonic distortion. So the take-home message here is you need to be able to read the TID. How do you read it? There are inexpensive meters on the market that allow you to read THD total. And do not think that the power company is always sending you a good signal. So what, what, what you need to do is get used to in your farm shop and the voltage coming into your house and any type of your dairy barn, your hog barn, your chicken, whatever it may be, all right, your well pump, you need to start to monitor voltage, line voltage, hertz, all right, which is frequency, and then you need to monitor total harmonic distortion because if not, you're going to end up over time having the possibility to take out some of your equipment. And the thing is that even electric motors, if there's a very dirty signal, a lot of THD, an electric motor is not going to like it. So years ago, we weren't concerned with this. Just like when, when grand, great-grandpa farmed with a horse and a mule, he wasn't concerned with anti-gel of a diesel, ammonia slip, all right? When they did the Rural Electrification Act, all they did was have a light bulb and a radio. We were not concerned with this. But now what we're bringing all of these modern technologies into the farm, you have to have some level of understanding with it. And that is what we are, that's why I brought, uh, brought this, went over, over over with this to you going solo 
I'm Scott Linden out and about with the benefits of being alone. Here's a different perspective on nature, venturing into the woods by yourself. It helps you see the wild world in a different light and experience new emotions. Wildlife comes closer. The woods come alive when the silence is broken only by your footsteps. Without constant chatter from your companions, you really hear the heartbeat of the forest. It's been called an opportunity to see with the eye in one's heart rather than the eyes in one's head. You become more introspective, have more chances to interact with nature in a wilder, maybe more spiritual state. Henry Thoreau spent two years contemplating nature at Walden Pond, consider the benefits, and spend a few hours alone. That's not so tough. We're made possible by the Ringneck Nation. Hunt here on SD.com. Hi, I'm Jeff Metters. I've been hosting rodeos on television for the better part of three decades. I've seen a lot of changes, but nothing like what's transpired over the past three years. In 2019, the PRCA signed its first ever major rights deal with a television network. The Cowboy Channel and Rural Media Group and Rodeo will never be the same again. The exposure of the sport is now off the charts. And for the first time ever, you can watch your favorite cowboy or cowgirl through the entire regular season. What else has changed? From Cowboy Channel exposure, rodeos are now enjoying record attendance. And because of the revenue generated by the Cowboy Channel rights deal, rodeo prize money is through the roof. In almost every event this year, it took six figures just to finish in the top 15, and Cowboys are shattering regular season earnings records. We don't just bring you live coverage of the National Finals Rodeo. We bring you 10 hours live every day for all 10 days. We want to thank the rodeo committees, the contract personnel, the rodeo Cowboys, and of course you, our loyal viewers. The Cowboy Channel has changed everything. Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. So now we're going to get ready to meet me in the farm shop. But first, we need our good buddy, Tex Rubinowitz from Ripsaw Records to come in and sing. Come on, buddy. All right, Tex, thank you so much. If any of you guys are musicians, you're familiar with total harmonic distortion in a different way. But today, what we're going to do is when we're meeting in the farm shop, we're going to be talking about mixing engine oil. And, you know, people say, ah, I'll put this one here. I got Quaker State. I'll fill it up with Valvoline, top it off, whatever. And we're all guilty of that to a certain extent. All right. So I'm going to explain what the pitfalls are of mixing engine oil. Okay. Engine oil is like gasoline or diesel fuel. It's fungible. That is defined as being so like in chemical composition that it could be mixed with other brands. Though that is true, most engine experts, including me, avoid mixing oil brands. The reason for that logic is based on negating the additive package that makes the oil brand specific. For example, if brand A has a high level of detergent and brand B has a minimum level, then the attributes that you purchase brand A for become compromised. In addition, most oils also have ingredients identified as swelling agents and conditioners to maintain the integrity of engine seals and gaskets. Though it's rare for this to occur, there is the possibility of an antagonistic effect as would occur with a potential sprayer tank mix partners. So the thing is that you really don't want to go and you don't want to mix 
mix your engine oils if you don't necessarily have to all right so it's always best that the same thing goes with hydraulic fluids with engine coolant with everything is that you want to try to stick with that one brand all right for uh and, and that and not make it a hodgepodge a beef stew of that so if you have any questions on the things we went over today then again went over them quickly but i want you to just reach out to me at hot rod farmer at farm digest.com and you know check your thg check your voltage and be aware of that it's very very important and i want to thank you so much for tuning in and know that the hot rod farmer is pulling for you the american farmer and rancher my beloved beloved america you have a blessed day and we'll catch you next week stay safe and if you check your thd let me know bye bye hello i'm ethan wayne John Wayne and American Experience is in its second year in the Fort Worth Stockyards and visitors are loving it. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into Duke's life that's only available here. All right, mister. You asked for it. Tickets available on johnwayne.com or they may be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. Hi, everybody. This is Steve Kenyon from the Cowboy Channel and Rural Radio and Western Sports Roundup. We've got a busy weekend this weekend here on Rural Radio. Tonight, you can enjoy the action from the Ram Columbia River Circuit Finals Rodeo in Redmond, Oregon. And on the Cowboy Channel, the Bucking Battle in Bismarck and the Columbia River Circuit Finals. You can also enjoy the Nile Pro Rodeo and the Mountain State Circuit Finals Rodeo on the Cowboy Channel and the Cowboy Channel Plus app. Western Sports Roundup, 3 in the West, 6 in the East on the Cowboy Channel on Rural Radio and on the Sirius XMF global rice production we reduced by almost 3 billion metric tons. In USDA's latest world rice supply and demand estimate, with World Agricultural Outlook Board Chair Mark Jekinowski noting that reduction primarily driven by lower production estimates in India and Pakistan. India, we reduced the production forecast by 2.5 million tons. That's really just reflecting data that's coming directly out of India, their first advanced estimate. Pakistan rice production, we reduced by a million tons. That just reflects that extreme flooding that they had in August, and the floodwaters really persisted into September. Normally, rice harvest in most of Pakistan starts about now, but given the flooding, we anticipate quite a bit of crop damage. The end result? A tightening of the global rice balance sheet, including ending stocks, down 2.4 million tons from the previous month. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.